Happy Monday, Liberty lovers, and it is the Christmas or holiday season, whatever you want to call it. I don't really care. I was raised Jewish, but here I am still promoting Christmas products to you because we do have some brand new products in the Lions of Liberty store. We now have a special holiday edition of our Taxation is Death mug, as well as a holiday edition of our Lions of Liberty beanie hat. Both excellent products for the holiday season. Can't you just picture yourself sitting around the fire with a nice Merry Taxation is Death mug? filled with some amazing morning roar coffee maybe with a little bit of a little bit of rum in there a little bit of whiskey in there whatever you like a little bit of Kahlua I don't know I'm not going to tell you what to do the point is oh doesn't it feel so warm and cozy you can get these products by going over to lionsofliberty.store or there's a way to get them for free my friends because right now we are running a very special promotion for anyone who joins the Lions of Liberty Pride our group on Patreon our supporters of this show you can find that by going to patreon.com slash lionsofliberty and right now for a very limited time anyone who joins at $10 or higher will receive a holiday edition of our Taxation is Death coffee mug, and anyone that joins at $15 or higher will get that same mug and the Lions of Liberty holiday beanie. But wait, there's more, because every single member of the Pride, every single person on Patreon is going to be entered into a special raffle for a huge package, which will include beanies, mugs, a five-pound bag of coffee, awesome, awesome stuff. And that drawing will take place on Christmas Eve, just before the airing of the Electric Liberty Land Christmas special on Christmas Christmas Day, so be sure to get your entries in before Christmas Eve. So head over to patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Show us some support in this holiday season, and we're going to send you some free stuff. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. All right, friends, I'm just going to get right into things today because I've got a lot I'm going to toss at you today. It's a little bit of a compilation of some things that Brian and myself have been up to. Of course, Brian is one of our hosts here at Lions of Liberty. He hosts the Wednesday program, Electric Liberty Land, smacking you upside the head with a weekly shot of comedy, culture, and liberty every single Wednesday. But you're going to hear him along with me today. We did a couple pieces of business together in the last month. One of them was uh, speaking at a local uh, Los Angeles County Libertarian Party fundraiser along with Adam Kokesh. He didn't speak with us, but he was the the headliner, so to speak. Uh, He spoke later in the evening, but Brian and I opened up the show by giving a little talk about communicating the ideas of liberty. Now, a little bit to our surprise. Well, not not to our surprise. We were aware it was a punk show, but at that time of the night, there were far more people there for the punk shows than there were for the Libertarian event. So it was a little interesting, but uh, we ran with the punches, as you will hear. And uh, we talked about Liberty, hopefully, to uh, to a new audience that doesn't always hear about it. And we did actually talk to a few people after the show uh, that did actually say they actually really liked our discussion about things. So hopefully we opened up a few minds. That will be the first piece of business that you hear. And then after a quick ad break, you will hear a conversation that Brian and I had. It was actually a live stream that we did for our Patreon supporters only on the discussion of immigration. Now, uh, both Brian and myself uh, agree with the libertarian position on immigration in in principle, as you'll hear, Uh, but we do have some differences in how we would apply that to our modern day uh, via the state and yada, yada, yada. You'll hear about it, so I don't need to tell you about it right now. But anyway, a little sampling of what Brian and myself have been up to. Enjoy, folks. Libertarian check one, Libertarian check two. Nobody responded. Correct answer for Libertarians. Congratulations. 
Libertarian checks don't bounce, motherfuckers, because we're funded by non-fiat currency. It's all gold for libertarian checks. Check, check. All right. I think we need what to understand two? our audience before we get going here because, you know, we, bar- we are both podcasters. We both talk and talk and talk all the time, but we don't want to just come here and talk to you. We want to talk with you. But first, we need to know who you are. So who's actually here for libertarian shit? Let's just see. Okay, that's no, not bad. Six, right. six strong people here. All right, Who's we'll here for punk bands? And I see some of you that aren't raising your hands that I know, so we're doing good. We're so doing we good. got a lot. We got a lot in common. I it's mean, already looking up. We're already a higher percentage than any time in my life in any room I've ever been in. So this is good. Well, hold on. Those three have a lot, lot in common. You know, uh, the the plaid shirts. Did you guys go to? <laughs> did you all go to the Gap today? Was together? there an email chain about this before Jeez. the show, or is this random? You can't what turn turn up pop up your collar. <laughs> right, who's who's man. who's here for punk rock stuff? Okay, well, they're, they're, there's a little overlap. There's a little overlap, but that's good. And there should be a lot of overlap because honestly, what is more fucking punk rock than resisting the systems of control in our society? Right, fucking a man. I can't think of anything. We are in. Actually, I can think of a lot of things. Late night in Adam Kokesh's bus, but. So we are, uh, we'll introduce ourselves real quick. So uh, I am uh, Brian. This is Mark. We're from the Lions of Liberty podcast. We do a three times weekly podcast. Uh, libertarian shit for the most part, as you'd imagine. But we're also pretty goddamn funny. So, you know, I know a lot of you aren't here. You could give two shits, maybe three shits. That gentleman over there looks like a three shitter. Sir, are you a three shitter? That baby looks like a six shitter right there. He nodded. So. He's a three shitter. We got babies here in the bar. We're fine with that. The baby is already the most libertarian person in the room by default. That's yeah. just a fact. Babies don't give a fuck. And goddamn, no drinking laws, no minimum age. We're fucking libertarians. You get that baby drunk, madam. Did you bring some titty milk testing strips for the baby? Oh, this is the future libertarians want, drunk babies. <laughs> and if anyone tells you differently, they're wrong. They have the wrong idea. I've already made up the drunk baby 2029 bumper stickers. My math might not be correct. So, should we do a, a talk, a thing? Should we just do audience questions? I don't we think just do so. This? So, here's the thing. This is actually a prime example of what we sort of want to talk about. Because as libertarians, for those of you in the audience that are of that persuasion, we are often faced with the challenge of having to discuss our ideas with our friends that don't quite see eye to eye or haven't thought things in the way that we do. So, Or don't listen at all, as is the case. Or literally will not even listen to us in any way, shape, or form as long as we live. But... Occasionally, you run across people that are at least willing to, you know, give you the time of day, listen to your ideas for a minute. So I think me and Brian may maybe share some of our experiences in our lives doing that. But really, like I said, we don't want to just talk to you guys. We want to have a conversation with you. If any of you guys have experiences you want to talk about, troubles you've had discussing these ideas with your loved ones, we would love to hear about them. We'd love to discuss them with you. So think about that while, we, it, while we talk. If you were molested at camp and now's the time, now's We'd like the to time. start with the molestation particularly if anyone no okay too soon with the baby in the audience too soon okay back you're a little too close to your mic i think it's making people deaf go like this let's uh, there we no, go. they're loving my distance of the mic i'm pretty they're not they're loving not paying attention that's the most anarchy thing. okay so anyway no let's okay. so we're we got the final table so we're fine they we are locked in there's eye contact there's everything you need we're good just focus on the flannels <laughs> focus on the flannel that's the name of my uh, my my uh, pack you know, That's like actually the super, new name of our podcast. My Focus super on pack. The flannel. Focused on the flannel. Um, no, yeah, well, let's talk about a little bit. Like, we're talking to these people. Most of these people don't give a shit. 
That's fine. But we're going to talk about how do you talk oh, no, to No, we're going to break them. They're going to give a shit in the next they don't 20 give minutes. A shit. They might give a shit in the sense of wanting us to leave, but they will give a shit. But trust me. Yeah. Goddamn right. Well, let's talk. Well, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with talking to, uh, to hot, sexy chicks? Because look, I'm a married man. <laughs> hot, right? sexy chicks. I'm not. A, Tinder, Tinder basically came into existence the second. I was not able to utilize it. Like, the technology gods decided this man is not going to get laid the 70 to 900 times he would have gotten laid with Tinder. That's fine. But you're still on it. So what do we, if we're talking about talking to people about libertarianism, let's say it's a hot chick. Let's say it's a hot dude. You've done both. Where do we go from here? Well, which one is it in this, in this scenario? My message is going to be different to each one. Well, who blew you in the gender-neutral bathroom a minute ago? I'm still not sure who that was. Okay, well, <laughs> if, if, you're if you're out there, there and could reveal your, your gender, we'd appreciate that. Uh, now, I mean, we have had different experiences over the years. Like you said, I have been a single man for the last almost two years. He's been a married man for the last almost three or whoever knows years. So we have slightly different experiences. I like to talk to women at bars and meet women on Tinder, and obviously politics always comes up. He likes to talk to dudes at bars until 3 a.m. and badger them into believing what he believes. So, if you're so a we dude have different crowd, approaches. I'll see you later. I'll see you later. I'll be badgering. Oh, he's you eyeing every every single or not single man has been is being sized up by this fellow for future conversations till three in the you're morning. You're in my book. Like Mitt Romney yeah. had a women book when he ran for president. I have a man book of people I'm going to talk to on libertarianism tonight. Drunk. All right, of you libertarians that raise your hands or did not, how many of you have been dating in the last couple of years as, as single libertarian people? Two and men. This is how, great. And how many of you are liars? <laughs> how has that gone? <laughs> All right, did you, land, did you land a libertarian woman? How'd that work? I want info. Yeah, she's here. A libertarian woman's here. The answer's no, because they don't exist. Just kidding. Angela's here. But there is one. There is exactly one libertarian woman. <laughs> but I, I think the biggest approach for me when it comes to dating and talking about politics is A, charm before talk. Charm before politics. Win the person over as a human being, which I get is challenging for most of us libertarians who can barely yeah. put a fucking sentence together in public. Known for I understand charm. that. Known for our charming ways, libertarians. But don't start with your politics, I'd say, as number one. Uh, this becomes a challenge, though, in the Trump era, because in the Trump era, everything is based around politics and everything is based around your identity and everything is based around whether the orange man is good or bad, which poses a, a, a problem when you come to talk about these issues with modern-day women, so to speak, because as soon as you give any position that doesn't fully line up with their predisposed team or term... Suddenly you are on team orange man good or you are on a Republican and then you are put into this entirely same category when the truth of the matter is we are nowhere in the same realm. And I think crossing that bridge is the biggest challenge we face. So step one, forget about it. Try to make try to have sex with a woman first. <laughs> step one in libertarianism, try to have sex with a woman. I mean this in the first. least crude that way goes possible. For men and women. I mean this in the way of Try to toss your politics out the window for as long as you possibly can and show somebody that you are a real human being that has real conversations that is not focused solely on politics, except for the fact that, of course, you are because you're a libertarian and it's all you fucking think about. Well, you know, let me let's talk that. So that's the thing, right? If we're talking about ways to approach people, get in, talk to them, I think most people now, especially because, like, we've become more socially awkward since the advent of social media, right? Would you agree with that? That social media makes us more socially awkward? Yeah. 
I feel very awkward right now, so maybe that's true. Should maybe I stop true. staring into your eyes? All right, let's look at the ground. But no no eye contact rule. We agreed upon that contractually before no the eye show. contact. Please. No eye contact. But no, I mean, it is true, though. Since social media exists now, we, we're more socially awkward in public, uh, for sure. And I think a lot of people, when they get into public, the first thing they want to do is they jump to like, okay, here's what I know I can talk about for an extended period of time. Right? I mean, you guys, even punks and libertarians are like, when you get in public now, you're like, I just want to talk about something I won't have to put on the spot. I know I can talk about it. I can sound authoritative. And I'm used to it, especially if you're in a social media environment where you're arguing with it all the time, as most libertarians are. So when you get out in public, you default to that. Like, let me tell you a thing or two. Let me, uh, let me show off my, let me mansplain slash womansplain to you to show off what you know. In the meantime, all you're doing is turning people off and driving them away immediately by throwing that big libertarian dick card on the table. <laughs> I like it. There's always a good cheer for a big libertarian dick card. <laughs> By the way, I have a game, I have a card game called Big Libertarian Dicks. You can buy it at Lions. We'll of be selling that at the exit for $15.99. Uh, what did you say? You said something interesting. I thought. Well, I was talking and then, about. And then I forgot about it. Well, it's playing off the fact that you don't start with libertarian. as real libertarians. I got really stoned in the Adam Kokesh bus right before the show. So when, well, <laughs> win people over first. You know, talk to them about what who what other things. You don't want to come up and slap people upside the head with libertarianism. You want to you want to lure them in. Yeah, lure lure them in with your personality first because it's not. I mean, is libertarian is a poison word? Do you think if you talk to the average layperson and you say you're libertarian? Are they going to be like, oh, what a fucking weirdo? Yes, the average layperson has no fucking idea what a libertarian is. None. They might think a libertarian, I think they probably have not even heard of Gary Johnson for the best, maybe. Uh, the average person thinks a libertarian is like a Donald Trump or an Ayn Rand Republican. Like the, the average person's political IQ, not, not to be offensive, is just most people don't think about that deeply, is very base. So yep. that term may be associated with things that we. 100% disagree with. In fact, they usually are. And right. I think that's the biggest challenge is crossing that divide and trying to show them, not tell them, because if you tell someone something, they might not believe you. You have to actually show them as who you are as a person that I am not this evil thing that you think. I am not the sort of character, caricature of greedy, manipulative, I just care about myself. What you really want to show people, especially I think in this situation when you're trying to date, you want to show your compassionate side. Like, when I date women in Los Angeles area, I usually start talking about, if it gets into politics and what we do, I start talking about criminal justice reform. I start talking yeah. about the horrors of the fact that we jail people for owning plants. The horrors that we send my, mostly minorities and brown people to jail for owning plants that people like me can usually get away with owning without a problem because I don't have the same kind of encounters with the police. I don't have the same kind of issues when I get pulled over. So try to relate to these things that a lot of people out there know that they don't associate our political ideology with, like compassion, like trying to empathize with pe people's experiences because they're not expecting that. They're expecting libertarians to be cold and heartless yeah. and not give a shit about anything but money and greed when we all know, or at least the people here that know the the exact opposite is the truth well you know it's funny right? so you know you've been you've been uh, dating people talking libertarianism yeah again after the sex guys if you have the option wait till after the sex to tell them you're always libertarian. Wait till that after is the sex. Rule if number it's an one. option it might not always if be it's an option. option rule number one if you can avoid saying you're libertarian before the sex do it 
during uh, if you have not to, happen. if you have to during is okay. It's not recommended. Yeah. But you know, I've, so I've been married three years now, and even now, my wife has now become more libertarian, and uh, or is a libertarian really. But even talking to her, married. She's it's so libertarian. She just aborted their seven-month-old fetus. That's a, we I know you didn't want to bring this up tonight, but <laughs> we still named it. No, so that was a very wife, no, like, talking to my wife, you know, like she gets bored immediately if I talk to her about libertarianism. Like it happens to me. Like I have a podcast. She, do you think my wife listens oh, to my podcast? Oh. Fuck no, of course she doesn't. She listens to housewives bullshit. She listens to everything else. But when I talk to my wife, if I actually want to get her attention and talk to her, I got to talk to her. Not from a position of a raging libertarian, but from a position of what do we both care about? What's, a, what's something you can actually talk to your friends about? So that's poverty. That's uh, the, the current state of affairs and with even going to things like climate change. Like There are things that we can talk to the average layperson about that are going to intersect with the things that most people believe in. I want to hear about how this climate change talk goes. I feel like uh, that, that's got to be an interesting one. Well, to tackle. Like, basically, the climate change talk. Brian, our, fa- our family's dead in 10 years. What are we going to do? Nothing. It's fine. What are you talking about? That's basically what I say. I say, look, Moses floated down the river on a bed of reeds. If the fucking floods come, we'll just build better reeds. The, mar- the free market will be of us better reeds. Has the better reeds argument been functional in 2019 at all? Or- Go to my website, betterreeds.com. You can find all that products there. Honestly, the reason we're here is to promote our new business, BetterReads.com. BetterReads.com. Which is actually both for books and building boats out of reads. And also, FunnierEvans.com. We're going to find a funnier Evan. (laughs) Is anyone here named Evan that's funnier? FunnierEvans.com. But no, but seriously, though, it's like a lot of the places, even with my most liberal friends where I can intersect and actually talk to them, is about things like poverty. The poverty level is the exact same. We spend more and more money on it. And then people say... They go, well, we got to do something about the homeless and the poor and the in- income inequality. And I go, look, do you not understand? We've been trying the same shit over and over. We have the highest spending levels of all times to address this poverty issue, and the levels stayed the same. Can't we try something different? And that's a very powerful question, is asking people that don't agree with you if they can just let themselves entertain the thought that, you know what, maybe what we've been prescribed year after year isn't the solution because we've been trying and it's not working. So just getting that little brain worm in of can't we try something different can open up an entire realm of possibilities to talk to people about how libertarianism may not be the answer. Like, look, none of us know if this is the answer because we don't really get the fucking Except try we, we do, but that's... Well, we do in our hearts. But seriously, but getting people to say, look, we, to say to do the same prescribed thing over and over is insanity. So let them question whether there's a better way and if we should give that a try. And that's a way I find a powerful way to connect with people that you may not ever agree with in most things. And I think a lot of times, uh, especially when you're very passionate about a subject, you want to sort of shove it down people's throats and tell them why their way is wrong, why the, the viewpoint they have is wrong. I can tell you, my friends, that is literally never will work. That will never work in the history of the world. What works is trying to empathize with them and trying to figure out who they are and not not and, and instead of telling them why they're wrong, introduce new possibilities and new ideas into a the conversation. Person in the bedroom, perhaps. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Flip things around, take out some new toys, that kind of thing. Don't tell them the sex is bad. Just introduce some new things that might make it better. To use an analogy for those of you libertarians out there, the two of you that have... Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, 
tell us, leading with why you're wrong about the world, why you're wrong about the way you feel about things, why you're wrong about how society would be structured, should be structured, is almost never going to work. I can't say never, because it has worked now and again on a friend or two. But for the most part, the best way to get people thinking differently about things is to address their concerns, agree with the things that they're saying, nod your head like a good salesman, and then tell them why your product is better, not tell them why their idea is worse. It's basically the same thing as when you meet somebody that has a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you want to have sex with that person. Don't tell them their boyfriend's ugly even though we know it's true. it never works. No, this is a good analogy. It never works. If you go up and you're like, look, your boyfriend sucks, he's an ugly dickhead. And they're like, well, you know what? Uh, I think my boyfriend's fucking fantastic. And he's better looking than you. Like, they're immediately going to defend their boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it might be. But if you go and you say, look, I know your boyfriend's a great guy, but what's he not doing for you? Let me just say, you know, what, what, could you, what, what more do you want out of a relationship that your boyfriend's not giving you? Whether that's deep dicking, whether that's flowers, whether that's, uh, I don't Anal, know. I don't know. I don't and, know. But make sure there's an inside joke. Make sure it's not a shallow butthole that you have you're working with. But, you know, it's like it's anything. If you attack somebody head on as to what they believe in, you're going to get nothing but resistance. So you have to find someplace that you agree on and then expand from that. Is this still a sexual analogy? <laughs> Are we still talking to people? <laughs> Let, make some noise if you're actually listening to what we're saying. All right, that's oh, yeah. We only lost 20% of the libertarians. Make some noise for Big Buck Wild in the back. Make some noise for weird sex analogies. All right, All well, right, we, got, we got more applause than Big there Buck Hunter go. in the back. So we that's we woke some up with weird sex analogies. So, uh, Brian, one of my favorite things about you is that one of your big passions in life, I like to date women and talk to them. You, you would if you were single, I'm certain, but you're not. So your passion is to talk to dudes at bars until 3 in the morning about libertarian ideas. First of all, what inspired this a passion of yours? <laughs> well, if I was going to give credit to one thing for the amount of time I spent talking to dudes at bars about libertarianism, I have to thank cocaine. Thank you, cocaine, <laughs> for all you do. That's definitely a joke for anyone watching <laughs> that is a client of Brian's. That's a joke, but if you have some, otherwise let it's me know. completely true. Uh, no, that's a joke. No, I mean it's like anything. You, you get to, you get to talking to people. I mean, we all live in Los Angeles, right? When can you go to a bar? And some asshole doesn't say Trump this or Trump that or, you know, brings up something that is political in general. And when you're a libertarian, you know, like you, you got a lot of triggers, you know, we're constantly fucking triggered because a lot of shit. Holy fucking shit. Davey motherfucking Martinez in the house. Yeah. So if you, you, get if you pay us money on Patreon, we recognize you when you show up. Yeah, exactly. So you get but you get triggered by a lot of a lot of these concepts people throw out. And so I just start talking. But like I said. You can't just attack people. You can't go after them tooth and nail and be like, look, moron, this is why you're wrong. This is why I'm right. You got to say, look, I understand where you're coming from. It's like we were talking about earlier. You have to find a common ground. Where are you going to start a conversation? It's not because libertarians, it's at surf dogs. That's the main location. As libertarians, it's always where are we ending conversations, right? Every fucking conversation most libertarian has ends abruptly. And the Fed now. And yeah. they're like, I just need to save money on my checking account, man. I don't know what you're I just, talking I just want to help people. Taxation is theft. Okay. All right. Excellent. Thank you. You don't you find someplace you're going to overlap. You're going to interact with people. You're going to find a common ground where you can continue a conversation. Because that's the thing. If you can make a friend, not a convert, if you can make a friend, then they're going to be more adapt to, uh, to listening to you. And look, I make a lot of friends for one night. 
I'm not saying I go home with a lot of strange women, but I talk to a lot of strange men, and I like to think that I come away from talking with them. And they're someone. I hope someone's taking video. I just want to capture. Just send me an email. I want the well, video. Well, we got Brian the audio. I like to talk to strange men. Moving on. We've got the audio. But no, the point being, though, if we're gonna if we're gonna have people come over to our side, we need to number one kick this whole stereotype of libertarians as a bunch of know-it-all fucking nerd ass assholes we need to get dumber i think is what brian is saying (laughs) you don't have to get dumber you need to act dumber that's all i'm saying act dumber hashtag act dumber libertarians don't come across as a dick that's it don't be a dick i mean look i i've used this before but look libertarians look to your left and look to your right Neither of those people like you. No one fucking likes libertarians. You don't like me? And there's a reason for that, and it's that we come across as know-it-all assholes. So while I'm on stage... Largely because we do know-it-all, but that's beside the point. They don't need to know that. They don't need to know that. Just like... You show them that, don't tell them that. Well, just like, look, if if you're a chick and your guy asks you how many guys you slept with, they don't need to know that. And just like us libertarians, when somebody asks us a political question that we want to go off on, hey... They don't need to know that either. Rate it in a little bit. Be nice. Be approachable. This shit, it's like water torture, man. Just one drip at a time until finally they come on board. I mean, it's kind of like here tonight. A lot of people are obviously not necessarily here to listen to libertarian podcasters bitch about their political views. That's I a, would say almost none true. of them. But my approach is not to badger you for not giving a shit what two libertarian podcasters say. My approach is to tell you, I'm going to sit here and listen to your punk rock music and hope we can hang out and have a good fucking night. Because at the end of the day, we're all in this shit together. We're all in this world together. And we're all resisting the system in one way or a fucking other. There together, you right? go. Come on. Hey, to resist. Can we get everybody at the bar to resisting the I motherfucking system? I did get one system. punk rock clap in the corner. Come on, you. Ah, oh, you goddamn punk pieces of shit. Raise your glasses. We're resisting the system here. <laughs> Four people. That's the sad thing about punk in 2019. They no longer want to resist. Well, you know, now I'm trying to offend them to see if it works. No, when fascism really comes, you guys are all first against the wall. That's it. Selling you all out. First against the wall. Not you, kid. You got a lot to live for. You three. (laughs) You got a lot. This table has hope. They're not even 21, so they're good. Are you allowed to be here? Are you the goddamn Doublement twins? In the future, libertarians want you are. Goddamn right. Is it Doublement twins? In fact, bring your kids in. You have kids, to the bar? (laughs) Anyway. I I really thought the kid humor would go over. What what do we got? Angela, are we done here? I don't know where Angela is. Should I wrap it up with the most racist joke I tell? I think so, yeah. (laughs) Is this the Anne Frank thing? Well, it makes sense because, like, it's surf dogs, right? It's a hot dog place. Did you just come up with a racist joke about this bar in this time that we've been up here? I'm going to end on this, and we're just going to, like, put the mics on the ground because I don't know where Angela is. But, no, it's a hot dog bar, and uh, I had an idea for a a sweet-ass business. This is the joke I thought it was. No, it's the only joke. I'll be be over here. You're Jewish. You'll like it. So I joke for a sweet-ass business, right? I wanted to open a kosher hot dog stand called Anne's Franks. Right? Just a little hole in the wall, nothing special. And my, my establishment would have one, one thing on the menu that would people would, would really get into, like one special dog, right? Why are you standing like that? It's really creepy. I'm, I'm getting ready to get off the stage. <laughs> okay. I thought something weird was going to happen. But anyway, yeah, my hot dog's place, it would have one special dog, right? 
And uh, the thing, though, is it's just, a, it's just a hot dog with sauerkraut on it, but you have to eat it very, very quietly. And it killed, and the crowd went wild. <laughs> you hey, can't kill what's keep already it dead. Down. No, it's already dead. If you liked even a tidbit of the things they've been saying tonight, please do check out our podcast, Lions of Liberty. You can find us at lionsofliberty.com. You can search all the podcasters. I don't care if you consider yourself someone that agrees with it or not. Just check us out. We're here to check you out. We're here to listen to your music. Maybe we can check each other out and have a good time and get to know each other better. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Oh, now they wake up when we're leaving the state. Now they're excited. <laughs> we will applaud for leaving. Thank you, guys. Get do, up, are we Angela. supposed to introduce someone, or will you do that, No, Angela? Angela's coming up to introduce some people. Yes. Someone get out the late night at the Apollo Kane. Let's get these clowns off the stage. Thank you guys so much, Mark and Brian, for coming out from L.A. Los Angeles has come to peek behind the orange curtain. We love you guys. Hold your horses, kitty cats. I have to jump in here for one second and tell you about another great libertarian podcast. And this one is not your typical podcast. This one doesn't really focus so much on the ideas of liberty, but on music. And who doesn't love music in some form or another? I, I guess some people don't, but who really wants to know those people anyway? Let's be honest. Anyway, the show is aptly titled Sounds Like Liberty. Sounds Like Liberty is hosted by Liberty's favorite nerdy husband Nick Pacone and his wife Lizzie. They speak to guests every single week to find out who has the best music taste here in Ancapistan. And uh, the Lions of Liberty have actually been on the show, at least a good number of us. Myself, uh, Brian McWilliams and Howie Snowden have all been on Sounds Like Liberty. We're still waiting for the John Odermatt episode, uh, but uh, we're not actually sure if John listens to music because we already know he doesn't watch movies. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go ahead and go on over to ancapmusic.com and check out Sounds Like Liberty or just search Sounds Like Liberty on your favorite podcatcher. That's all I do. I, I stick completely to the podcatchers, but Sounds Like Liberty is an excellent show and really does a great job of merging culture, music, and liberty together. I highly recommend this program. If that wasn't enough, the show is co-hosted by an African-American female ANCAP. I mean, what, what more could you ask for? And by the way, Nick did tell me to say, that in the ads. <laughs> Do check out Sounds Like Liberty. Go to ancapmusic.com right now to learn more. Well, am I telling my my why am I tired story? Or is you can that tell that first. Sense? I think that's a good way to start any any live stream. Brian, why are you tired other than the usual reasons of being on brand? No, I'm not for the, the usual reasons are hungover or pinched nerve, but that's not the reason today. The reason today is that I got up to work out at 5 30 in the morning. The buddy of ours do like boxing and shake number one. Oh, dude. It's, it's great usually, but I woke up, had two cups of coffee, had a headache when I woke up. So I'm like, all right, a little extra caffeine. This is before the workout, right? This is before the workout. Yeah. I can already up. tell you part of the reason you're tired, but okay. Because you spike too early with the coffee and you dehydrate yourself. Oh, no, that's totally. That is totally part of it for sure, as you will learn. So yeah, I, I coffeed up, sweat my ass off because it's like 45 minutes of hardcore cardio boxing and shit. Then I had a meeting at 11. So I cough and it's a coffee meeting. So I'm drinking another coffee, coffee there. Coffee meeting. Coffee meeting. You'll, uh, you'll learn someday when you're in business. I don't, I don't plan to be. I hope we never have <laughs> Lions Liberty coffee meetings. Oh, we're going to be taking coffee meetings. If no. we, if we well, take off. I guess just to promote Anarcho Coffee and the morning roar. We well, after know. I shit all over ZipRecruiter last week, you know, the calls are coming in. People don't want to have me negative crashing on their companies. So a lot of coffee meetings. But no, so I drank coffee then. Then, I don't know, man. Fucking, 
like an hour and a half, two hours ago, I got this banging headache, like right in the back of my head, which is where you get dehydrated. So banging fucking headache. And I still have it just killing me. So now I'm just drinking through it to hydrate. All right. Well, congratulations. It's not that far off from a normal Brian story, except it includes a workout. Yeah. Which most of them don't. Oh, my God. All right, anyway, let's get it going. Let's kick it off. All right. So the impetus for today's little live stream, um, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna tee it up, and then I'll let you say whatever your your piece is. But basically, I've I've, I've heard this for a long time in libertarian circles. Honestly, I've heard it from Ron Paul, so I, I'm not trying to act like um, it's not a commonly held uh, position or statement. But I've heard you say it a few times too. But it, it basically, you brought up the idea of, and I'll let you give the full context, but just to give the basis of of not having open immigration or something like to that effect uh, while having the welfare state. And I'm not even going right. to describe it any further. I'll just let you take it because I don't want to mischaracterize. I'm just, I'm just very much paraphrasing. All right. So, yeah, basically, this is you know, in the context of the welfare state. People talk about open borders. My basic premise is that we cannot have open borders when we have a welfare state exist as we do. And that's, that's it. That's the basic starting point. Like I said, I'm not people think I have this crazy perspective on borders. I know uh, I know the arguments on both sides, but that's my basic statement right now. In the reality we exist in currently, with the welfare state as it exists currently, with the system we have in place currently, and the emphasis on legalization for immigrants and uh, making them citizens, currently we cannot have open borders and the welfare state. It just won't work. Okay, there's a lot of things to dissect here. Um, I think maybe you should define some terms first. But I, right. And then before I go back and try to state my position, so yours is clear. So define open borders as in relation to now. Do you think we have, what is what we have now more open borders than what you would call open borders, do you think? Or are you saying <clears throat> what many libertarians like myself might advocate for of essentially the government not being involved in immigration. Yeah. Free travel, free, free uh, association across borders. If you have business over here, you come over, you go back. No enforcement would be open borders. So what, what do you think we have now? (laughs) So right now I'd say we have, uh, no, no. What's the, what's the opposite. It's not completely closed off, but I would say it's a fairly restrictive process because we only let in a certain number of refugees. We only let a certain number of uh, green card immigrants in, only a certain amount of people get get in uh, with work visas, so there's not a open system in place here. It's, I'd say it's fairly restrictive as it exists. Okay, so then, uh, okay, so I guess I just want to clarify your current position. Do you think that because you you don't think our current position is open borders? So do you think right. our current, if welfare as it is now, whatever you might define the welfare state as, is just doesn't change? Would you say that what we have now is too open, or is that not? Could it, could it be less op- more open than it is now under your idea here? Uh, burping through this now. I'm drinking this beer to feel better. Um, no, I think right now, I think it could be far, far more open. Okay. I think without a doubt, it can be and should be more open. However, uh, it comes with caveats, which I will get into. And I know, you know, like Pete, Pete uh, Quinones, how, how do you say it? <laughs> See, I think you're just proving uh, that your entire position is racist based on your mispronunciation of his names. Uh, Except yeah, it's yeah, actually being might. on brand. There we go. Debate's over. Uh, or conversation is over. So it's not debate. Uh, no, like I, I'm open to, to different solutions to this. And again, my position is that it can be far more open, but there has to be caveats to that if we're to address the current situation. So essentially, the way I look at it right now is that you've got certain people allowed to come in. You've got massive illegal immigration, of course, which is where a lot of the problems happen. And... 
the revamp of the system that would be needed to make it more open would include, you know, more people. If it's not a completely open borders, at least more work visas. So people can come across, work, go back home, no impediment. Uh, you know, you could do background checks to make sure you don't have a bunch of terrorists or whatever coming in. So I think people, it's still something that you would, you would want. If you're talking about property rights, you still want to make sure that nobody's coming in that's going to be an explicit danger to you if you have that ability. Um, I see, I think I'm getting ahead of the debate. Let, I'll just leave it at that. What, tell me a little bit more about it, what you a, think. It's this an open be. conversation, so there's no getting ahead or behind. I just, I just don't want to go off on a rant because then there'll be nothing to talk about past that. Because time isn't real, so whatever. Uh, okay, anyway, so let's just scale back to base principles because at the end of the day, I can bring in a bunch of stats and you can do that and we can do that all day long. I don't base my position on statistics and that sort of thing, so let's just get to the core of why I believe what I believe and maybe you can stop me along the way if you think that I'm wrong about the <coughs> conclusions from a moral standpoint, and then we can discuss you know, how your position relates to that. Essentially, though, uh, just to, on the very basis, I do consider myself an anarchist in the sense that I don't believe coercive governments, go governments that are coercively formed and fo force people to participate in them, in them should exist. Uh, therefore, I don't believe the borders of coercive governments should exist or be or be considered legitimate. Uh, I am recognizing that we live in a world that's different than that, of course. I'm just stating the moral position. Um, and uh, as a part of that, as a, as a regular human right, uh, as an extension of the non-aggression principle and an extension of individual rights, uh, to me, a couple of very important things that are coupled within that or that follow from that would be that freedom of travel is absolutely something that should be unhindered by, by those same governments. Um, while at the same time now, uh, now citizenship and that sort of thing might be a different question, but I'm just talking about the ability to travel and the, the other principle within that is also freedom of association. And that falls within the same exact pursuit. Um, whereas if I want to hire somebody from wherever the fuck in the world on my private property and bring them from there, that should be completely allowed by society or whoever, because governments should not be involved in these sort of decisions. So that's my basic position. Um, well, let's just start there. Do you disagree with that basic position? Forgetting before we even get to you know applying that to the real world, or if it, the if it, world or something. If, yeah, I agree with it. If, if we're talking about coercive governments, I would agree. Where it gets sticky with all this kind of stuff is that you know where do you say okay? You define if you're a group of people, you have your properties together. You do you have a border? Do you have a defined border? Your property right to the extent where you say we don't want these people coming in here as of our border. And one guy in the middle of it says, yeah, you know what? I want to hire that one guy. He could come in, but Let's say he's a danger. This guy doesn't have a problem with it being a danger, but this guy's, you know, he might be dangerous. He might be aggressive towards other people. He might uh, kill their cattle. Now, again, you have a, a response where you could say, well, he can make up for that. You can sue this guy. But that's where some of these questions arise where I go, you know, you can't have, in my opinion, pure free travel if you have property rights because you always want to protect your property rights and you cannot have somebody just traipsing across your property at all times in that context. So what do you think about that? Uh, I think I agree with that in principle. Um, just the fact, well, I don't believe, yeah, I mean, I, I generally agree. Yes, this is what we're talking about, essentially, is getting to the core of things. Because yeah. if, let's just say, and I, I, the reason I, I clarify coercive governments and being an anarchist in that sense is I'm not against governments if they are properly formed, as in what you're talking about, if they're private property. Yeah, if they're private <laughs> property owners, that, let's just keep it very simple for simplicity's sake, because that's why we keep things simple. Like, it took me no time to open the beer, by the way. Scorpion nice. Bowl IPA. I was like, how am I going to talk about liberty without drinking? <laughs> well, Mark was going to work out today, and now that's I shot. still could after a beer. That's I've the also, worst, though. 
I've also That's been up for 13 hours, so it's like I'm justified to not actually. Yeah, you're let's fine. be honest, I wouldn't work out too hard if I did. Work it out like, after well, you have one. All right. Yeah, after this, you're not going to go work out and have fun. And after one beer, like I, I knew one guy that could work out hard, and that man was uh, was our good friend Curtis Crawford. He's still alive, by the way, as far as I know. He's, He's still alive and kicking. I was texting with him. He claimed it like giant, he was dead. I was like, what? It's a giant Sasquatch we knew that uh, we'd play basketball, we'd go out and have three beers together, and then you go to the gym. I don't know how the fuck you did it. That's awesome because all I want to do is nap after two beers. Exactly. Anyway, so going to make the point. Yeah, the, the course. I think we agree on that, and, and and agree. You know, this is what I'm saying. Like people were coming at me for my position, but it's like I, I'm sure we agree on almost ninety percent of this. I'm just looking. The issues arise when you look at the reality of what we have right now. Okay. And yeah, go ahead. You know, you get people get into these theories, and the theories I agree with. Like, I do agree with. Uh, you know what Pete was saying. I like that philosophy of if you had private companies get involved to pay insurance, if you have people waive their rights to the welfare state, I, I totally like that concept as well. But that is not what we have right now. That's not to say it could be put into place. And my position and what I've said is that the way reality exists right now with the border situation, with the welfare state, and also the emphasis, and this is a, a big part of it too. And you know, Bobby Wilson had brought this up and I agree with him and I was going to bring it up. When you've got... If you let's say you open the borders, right? Even if with the welfare state as exists today, you open the borders, you allow free immigration, fine. And even if you say, okay, these people aren't citizens coming in, when you've got a political base and you've got the Democrats saying we want these voters, they agree with our positions that we want to legalize them. If they get power and do that, you are fundamentally changing the entire structure, the entire emphasis. Where you're not going to have less welfare state, you're going to have vastly more. And I think there needs to be a check on that. Uh, in a welfare state as exists today when people are coming from environments where they have welfare states, they want help because they're coming in, they're poor, they're disadvantaged. For the most part, if they're going to come in mass and you don't have some sort of vetting system. Okay, we're going... Uh, let me just finish by what I was starting to say about the the, the principle and then I'll jump to where, where you, the things you just said. Okay. So, um, yeah, uh, again, just to define, like, if to say 10 property owners, all conjoining properties, they form... Maybe they call it a government. Maybe they call it a HOA. Maybe they call it something entirely. It doesn't matter. Point is, it's properly formed. It's all in agreement. And uh, a part of that process in like a free society might have rules about visitors who can come onto this property. It might, some, some people in a private society might agree, we don't want to talk to each other about who you have in your house. Have them in your house. We don't care. Uh, have them on our adjoined property. But you know, I think in reality, go- governments, quote unquote, like that would have would have parks and, and streets and all these other things too. So there might be some sort of rules about that. Maybe maybe everybody just has to go through some border system or a check-in. Check-in. Maybe you have to check in with security. Maybe you have to get guests approved if if they're um, you know, if you're gonna stay with you for 30 days or if they wanna work in the community. Those are all things that could conceivably happen in a perfectly moral way that's in, totally in line with uh, with libertarian philosophy. So I, I'm all about I'm not I'm all about them or not about them. I'm just saying in terms of being in libertarian philosophy and in line with that, that kind of arrangement in private property to form governments would totally fine. A problem is then applying that to our, I'm not saying you're doing this either, uh, but uh, I do hear people do this sort of thing is applying yeah. private property rights to our government or to the public land in our government and, and declaring the United States as a whole, as if it is a, we can apply the same rules of private property because the fact is yeah. the vast majority of property in the United States is not even privately owned. It's almost entirely owned by the government. And, yeah, which is uh, and, fucking and, bullshit. Of course. And we're all opposed to these things. So I don't think we can morally in any way act like private, like 
again, I'm not saying you're doing this because that's not the argument you're making, but I'm just bleh. so um, yeah. I don't think we can act like the government has the right to be our. Mark's just going to edit. Force. Mark's just going to edit the show, so it yes. seems like that's the argument right. I'm making. When it goes out to the public instead of the pride, I'm going to whoever's in the pride download this video now, so I have proof that Mark is not just painting bullshit. Right. So yeah, that that's the basics of it. Uh, that I yeah, I, I mean I, I don't think we can apply the, the federal government to us to private property. I don't think we can apply the state governments to it either, to be honest. I don't think we can apply our goddamn local governments to it. Although, I mean, you can maybe make a better argument for that if they're closer to, say, a private property uh, government. But at the end of the day, they're, you know, to, to, to inhibit someone's travel and to inhibit their voluntary relationships. We, you already agree with my general philosophy on that, that that is a rights violation. Mm-hmm. Or do, and stop me if I say something incorrect. But, so... Essentially, the argument here is you are willing to, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but in my, from my point of view, from what I hear, is that you know we're, it's okay to commit a rights violation of ceasing someone's travel, preventing a, a voluntary relationship, if I think it's going to have some kind of bad result. And that's just one side of it. I'll, I'll let you respond to that part first, if you think I... I mean, would you, would you say that you're at least don't necessarily hold a full Im- libertarian position on immigration. That's okay to think. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, here's the thing. It's like, okay, if you're defining what, like, you know, let's say the NAP, right? Non-aggression principle. If someone's going to come in here, if we're viewing taxation as theft, right? Fundamental libertarian principle. If taxation is theft and someone's going to come in here and literally make that theft worse, make that aggression on me worse, de facto, by being here, by coming in and taking advantage of the welfare state, that is not coming in and having free travel and not affecting me. And thus it is a violation of libertarian principles. Okay. So how, so let's, let's take a few steps here. First of all, in that, what your statement there, you're making presumptions about entire swaths of people. Well, you're, you're making not, presumptions about swaths of people that, saying that they're not going to do this. If no, you're not. arguing that free travel. Um, okay. Well, I'm not, I'm not making that argument. Okay. Uh, I, I'm saying that, uh, see what's now I forgot what I was going to say. Cause I had to deny something. I wasn't, this is how I win. This is how I win this conversation. Confuse and befuddle. Confuse this goddamn pothead. Hey, it's 420. What time is that? By the way, it's 420. Um, hey, no, literally, what was I saying? I was responding to something. You're responding you to me saying that uh, that people coming in, if they're coming in and you have open borders and there's an unchecked welfare state, that you will have people using the service. Because again, if they're coming in, they don't have to be getting welfare checks. They're still using the public services. They're still using education because God knows that we live in California. They give free health care to people. That's already built in. Immigrants get free health care. They get college. They get, uh, you know, whatever uh, the other whatever. There's something else too. They're getting all these benefits just by virtue of being here. That is in fact adding to taxation, which is theft, which is an aggressive act. There's a few layers of things here. And I I agree. Taxation is is theft and any use of, you know, tax services or what have you would constitute making that problem worse. The problem with what you're saying is that Americans are making it worse. Natives are making it worse at a far higher rate than any sort of immigrants were. I mean, immigrants use welfare services at a far lower rate than Americans do. Uh, immigrants also can't access services, depending on what layer of immigrant they are. Okay, uh, but that's... They, hold on, but, let me just finish my one statement, and then I'll let you respond to it. Okay. Uh, and it, especially, I mean, you can't... Every immigrant that works, if you work at all, you have to pay taxes. Like, it's impossible to avoid that, unless you're working maybe completely off the books, which many of them are forced to do if they're here no. for asylum. They're here for asylum, they're allowed to be here, but they're not allowed to work. It's a really fucked situation. Well, a lot of them that are just here legally are going to be working off the books anyway. Uh, because they get paid on the table because it's cheaper. Correct. They're willing to do well, it. Well, not, not because it's cheaper. Well, yeah, for cheaper for the employer. Correct. For the employer, yeah. It's because they're not allowed to work, work legally. Um, many of them right. would do everything right. legally because they don't want to get deported. They don't want to get you know thrown out of here. Um, 
But there's a few different angles here. The fact is you're also collectivizing groups of people and, and presuming that that a group of people from a certain place or certain country or certain origin, because even if, even if it's true that a large percentage of them does something in a certain way, you're now, you know, bringing up, uh, you know, you're basically going to restrict the rights of people because of what you think people in that group would do, which is really the entire, what the entire statist mentality is. It collects, it collectivizes all of us, uh, says there's this problem in one area and we're going to regulate all of you because of it. So even if I think that, um, even if it's not necessarily true and, and I can link to a bunch of stuff that people can read, but I mean, there's a lot of good work from this guy who I'm going to interview next month. And I want to remember how to pronounce his name, but I can't right now. So, but his name is Alex, Alex something or other at, at Cato. I should really look that up since I'm gonna since I have an email from him, I'll be able to. Anyway, he's done an awesome work on this stuff, just in terms of breaking down the statistics of uh, immigrant usage of welfare and that sort of thing. And it's just in every in every manageable way, vastly lower than than what Nate, than the rates which, which natives use it. Is this immigrants that are legally immigrating or illegal immigrants or everything? He does work on all different things, but it's 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 all levels of immigrants. Uh, okay. Non citizen non citizen immigrant adults and children are, are much less likely to be signed up for Medicaid. Yada yada yada. I don't want to get too bogged down in the stats because, like I said, my position isn't based on stats. Oh. But the point is, even let's just presume for a minute that the stats are are not even what I'm saying, that they're, that they're the opposite, that at, at higher rates, immigrants do use the welfare state more. Let's just even pretend that's true, even though I, I'm, it's not. It may be in some areas here or there, it might be in some areas there or there. It's just not true. Um, but even if it were, we're still talking about rights violations and preventing people's travel, preventing, preventing voluntary relationships, which is the core tenant of libertarianism arrangements, um, preventing those relationships out of a fear of what percentages of that group will vote on, uh, will now, the, hold the on. Kind of programs Let me, let me respond to this. Let me stop here. Okay. Because you're going, off the, you're going off the presumption now. As I said, I'm dealing in current reality. You're going off the presumption that we have open borders with your argument that you presented right here, right? No, I'm not, yes. I, I sure, I sure as heck don't think we do. Oh, you mean, if, if, in what, I'm not sure what you mean, clarify. You're saying, you're, you're saying that I'm restricting uh, access by people because I'm afraid of the way they'll vote. Now, I well, voice that as a concern. However, that would be under a system where we do have open borders, which is, I said, a concern to me if we had open borders under the welfare state, well, which we do not. True. I, I'm arguing Again, for much I'm more. Trying to, I'm trying to concern current reality here. Okay, but I'm well, okay. Well, I, I'm arguing for much more open borders than we have in current reality. So, well, I think I would agree with that than current reality as well. And again, I'm for having immigrants be able to come in. I'm for having them be able to renounce uh, access to welfare and everything else. I'm for all of these things and privatization, having companies be able to pay for their. I, I'm only for immigrants having to renounce welfare if Americans also have to. <laughs> well, why it's should only fair? Because why I, should I mean, Americans? Why should much, immigrants? Why should immigrants who are not citizens? Have well, wait, wait, hold on. If you're a libertarian and are against coercive governments, why the fuck do you care who's a citizen? I care who's a citizen because it affects me directly being taxed, Mark. Just because, again, we're dealing with reality right now. I am taxed. Every time I get a fucking paycheck, I am taxed. And if you say these people could come in, they add to the bill and I get taxed more for that. That's why I care. I don't like coercive government. I'm not for any of these programs. But in the reality we have today, we are taxed by this. We are in California, has the highest fucking taxes of almost any place in the goddamn world and also has, coincidentally, some of the most open immigration policies, the most beneficial uh extensions for immigrants, illegal immigrants. So these things directly affect me. Okay. So uh, everything you're saying applies exactly in much higher percentages to native, to current 
American citizens. So if you're, if you, I mean, I, I don't know what you, if you, if you, I think you need to start arguing for deporting most Americans, like most Americans that are, that use the systems. I mean, that's the only fair way. Cause the only no, way this you're is, determining this is them is argument. No, people who are randomly about, born in one place versus people who are randomly no, born here. We're t- yeah, that's fine. That's a fine argument. But what you're arguing for is uh, drastically adding people to the roles that have access well, no, I'm to arguing the for no state, state. No, no welfare state also. Yeah, but, but not- that, that's fine. You could argue, and I would agree with you on that. But the thing, the context that we're putting this argument in is our current system. And you were arguing sure. for adding a mass amount of people to the roles in the well, current system, for which I oppose. I'm not arguing for adding anybody to Well, any then roles. you're just I'm, talking I'm, philosophy. I'm, I'm, which no, if I'm, we're going to talk philosophy, we're just going to agree. Oh, here's the, here's the idea, though. It's like, if you're going to argue that the idea of... You're, you're, I have to reorganize my thoughts for a minute, admittedly, because we we're going in a few different directions here. Um, if essentially, like, okay, let's get back to the core principle for a minute. Do you, okay, we already did, I guess. <laughs> we agree, get, agree. We, get, we agree philosophically. That's the thing. We agree I philosophically. I don't think we do, because we I philosophically believe to, it's always a violation Mark, of rights okay, to we, prevent well, travel and prevent coercive relationships. Okay, I mean, so I mean, you, I'm sorry, and, prevent, prevent non coercive relationships. I'm sorry. Fine. So you, that's your thing. And you believe it's always a violation to prevent. Look, it, like it, I, I want you to at least say if it, if you think it is a violation or not, if, if, if you don't, that's okay. I, I mean, that's I a, do. Oh. I do. I agree. I think it's okay. a violation, the, but my counterpoint is it's a violation to have a system in place wherein I am coercively taxed, which is right. the way it's worked. I'm coercively forced to pay for right. these people's benefits especially when they are not citizens paying into the tax base as much as I am. I know they're being taxed. I know if they have a job. Now, granted, some of them are working at a table. That is a violation towards me. And they pay so sales tax or whatever that everyone else has to pay. I mean, it's, they pay many layers of taxes just by living here that you know are outside of the payroll, whatever, you know. Agreed, but the fundamental point exists wherein I, they, if we're adding layers and layers and layers of people on to my tax bill because we are now extending this to all people who come in under the current reality of the welfare state. I oppose that because well, it, it is a violation <laughs> towards me. It is taking money directly out of my pocket that I've worked for, that I've earned, that I have no say about, that I have no uh, context or, or uh, recourse to collect that money back. That's, okay. that's not right. So here, and I don't, I agree. It's not right to have that system. Um, but well, well, I, I do I guess, too. So what are we guess, what are we talking why, about? Why are we arguing about why are we like why are you arguing that you want to apply that that idea that we shouldn't be adding people to the roles only to people that were born in this random other place, but not to the people here? What's the difference? Because the people that are here have at least paid into the tax base. No, They're at least not, being taxed. You're talking about people that are only there that are negative welfare people that are they're taking welfare, whereas most immigrants are positive positive. They, they don't t- take as much, they take far less. So even if you're trying to group people, you're grouping in fucking correctly. But I don't believe in grouping people anyway, so I wouldn't make my decisions based on that. I would make my decisions on individual rights, not on collectivist rights and not on some kind of idea of federal rights or states' rights or all things that, you know, under libertarian philosophy aren't even, you know, part of our conversation. Okay, Mark, true or false? If we add and open the borders, if we allow people to come in and have access to the welfare state, will it grow or decrease the size of the welfare state and the people that depend on it? I would argue that it might shrink because most immigrants <laughs> are, are pay, pay more into welfare and use less services than current natives. That's what I'm trying to say. So Fine. I can't, I can't definitively more, argue it would no, grow. No, 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 no. They but pay more let's into concede. welfare. Let's concede. Let's say Hold it's on. true. It's still a violation of rights. But I'll let you go on. 
I don't know where to go. Wait, look, we're, we're just not no, going we to agree. To, we're not going to agree. So I'm not trying to come to a conclusion. Gonna, I don't know where we go from here because there is nowhere more to go. I, I think it's a violation of rights to have people come in and expand the tax base and take money out of my pocket. And by virtue of that, uh, you know, limit what I'm able to do with my life uh, in this course of government. We agree definitively that we both would change the system. We both would open the borders more than they are now. But I, I just I can't get on board with you saying that that. that Adding millions of people, if not more, to the current welfare roles. It's not fair to phrase it as the roles because I'm not arguing on adding them. You're saying it would be a net benefit, but you're still adding people. It doesn't decrease the number of Americans on it. It simply adds to it. But it, those people are also paying into that system. So what? I, I, I don't think you can definitively. So say you're it. arguing. So wait, are you arguing that? Are you are, are you using the Social Security argument and saying that they're gonna they're gonna pay for? Yeah, you're what using, using the argument that you're paying into the system. So everyone everyone that's paying into the system has it's to a bankrupt. It's a bankrupt system. system. That's part of why I'm arguing yeah. the way I'm arguing that we cannot expand welfare because it's already bankrupting the country. But I'm you're not arguing, arguing to expand need, welfare. Well, it's yes, you are. If you're saying that welcome people in, you are arguing to expand welfare. No, because most people that come in use less welfare. So I'm actually arguing to decrease welfare. They, just because they less use welfare, you might want to bring in even more immigrants. Just because they use less welfare in. than Americans, if you add 15 million people and they use less welfare, you're still adding 10 million people as opposed to 15 million Americans who use full well, welfare. Not, That's still expanding not, welfare. You're also not adding in if they're put the fact that they're also have to put into that system in various ways. They put into the if, system. Agreed. But again, that's on the the social, roles, that's, this it, is a social security argument that'll somehow pay for itself and it will not. No, I, it will not. Pay, well, the system's unsustainable, period. So it doesn't matter. None of that matters in terms I'm of- I'm saying your argument doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. sense. Uh, it was on it the verge. It does not make perfect sense. Of course it does. Um, right, well, hold on. I'll I have one more poll. thing. I want to- well, I'll post okay, a poll so, because so, this is like Bernie Sanders math. Let's. I'm not arguing about math. I'm not arguing about math at all. I, I'm this the one about math. This is about human about, rights. About, about bringing people into the country yeah. and making sure that they have access to uh, everything that makes American life wonderful. Here's what it's about. At the end of the day, my, my closing statement for now, because we're not going to agree, and that's fine. <laughs> I, I never thought we were going to agree at the end of this, so that, that that's not the point of the exercise. Well, we can maybe, agree on the principles. Maybe, we can't agree on the specific topic. Maybe we will host. Uh, maybe we'll let Remzo host a debate one of these days, a more formal one, if we if we so. Remzo, he doesn't even have a fucking wife. What does that have to do with hosting a debate? I don't know. He was talking. He was talking shit in the chat. What what kind of a Latino man doesn't have a wife by the time he's twenty three? All right, I have two. Not a man. Ultimately, I we can maybe like. I don't want to get bogged down in statistics because one way or the other, the the truth of my positions are they're unrelated to the statistics. So I'm willing to say even if everything you're saying was right math wise, (laughs) I would still hold the same position. So I'm just, I'll just say that now. So it's, it's almost silly to get too bogged down. People can go look up for themselves. I can post some links later. And you, I know the stats you're talking way. about, man. I know the stats. I'm not trying to give it to you. I'm just saying, so people know what we're talking about. Well, I'll, you know, people can go read and see what they think. Um, but the, but the, the general principle that I'm trying to argue is even if everything you're saying is true, two wrongs do not make a right. And two, two violated principles, two NAP violations don't make a right either. That's my final statement. So for if, if for those that care the most about the principles and are in this philosophy for the principles, uh, I don't see how you can justify a violation of rights, which you admitted philosophically is a violation of rights to, to you know, cease the travel of somebody who is traveling to someone who wants them to be there, because uh, that is what we're talking about. Uh, if we're talking about criminals and people trespassing, that's a different conversation that we would all agree is you know, a violation of its own. 
Um, so I don't believe a, a second wrong ever makes the first wrong, ever makes another wrong right. Uh, if you think large groups of people are going to uh, abuse your system, it doesn't give you a right to, to violate them. Just like it doesn't give you the right to deport or jail regular Americans who are using the welfare system, I don't think that, that right applies in any way differently to someone who was randomly born in another place in the world. Uh, that is my final statement for the moment. I will let you have one as well. I don't know. I kind of zoned out on the second half of that. Something about uh, oh, yeah, brilliant. They jailing, <laughs> deporting jailed people. I, just, I argued for your jailing. Ah, well, we can all get behind that. I could get a decent night's sleep for once. Uh, yeah, like I said, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I've said my piece, and I, I think I made a pretty uh, coherent argument considering uh, my headache. But okay. I think I made a good argument. I, again, we're just not going to agree on this. We can agree I, philosophically gonna, all day. I'm trying to. I'm trying to exist in the in the reality we have currently. I think I stated why I think it's not going to work. I think I stated why uh, I think even you know stats or or reality wise. And I agree conceptually, it's a rights violation. I agree. But when you've got a population that is uh, literally some of us, you know, are quite literally being taxed into extinction as a economic group. To say we're just going to add this group of people, we're going to open it up and have Let's access. Be clear, to I'm not saying that it doesn't. Well, but you open borders. My statement. If we are saying the premise of this was, if we have open borders with the current welfare state, you would have a flood of people coming over here in mass, and that would de facto. There's no way around well, it. Well, now you're talking about like expanding the welfare state and then arguing the same thing. Like I'm, not, I'm certainly not that's what it would. That. That's what would happen if you will open the borders. That's what we're talking about. Well, if we're talking about the current welfare state, it's very difficult to get on these roles of which you speak. You, you're acting like people just roll in here and are suddenly getting benefits. But Mark, if you come you here, you're on a green card for five years to even be eligible for anything. Not in California, you don't. That's California's problem. California sucks. We should all yeah. leave. Well, yeah. Well, just, well, I live in California, man. Yeah, well, I live in California. Like so do you. I think we should all immigrate to um, South America. Let's take over the small. You know what? I, New Hampshire, these idiots, they should have gone to Delaware. It already has. It already has no tax. And it's so small. We could take it over in a second. There's an interesting stat I read the other day. There's 1.5 million illegal American citizens living in Mexico, illegally living in Mexico because it's, it's the easiest thing to do. Like, it, yeah. like it, it's like you have a six month tourist visa and then if you don't leave, then you don't leave. And there's no like there's no ice of Mexico. There's no enforcement <laughs> that's looking for you. It's just like now you're there. If, if you're in you, northern Mexico, their policy is if you live two weeks without being murdered by a cartel, you're a citizen. OK, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I do want to state for the record. You did. You already you had did, your final statement. You did say you were OK with rights. Viol- well, you said that in your final statement. So I'm just confirming Brian is in favor of rights violations. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, you said it. You said those words. You despite the fact that, despite the fact that I did, despite the fact that, as I just said, look, if, I just it, want you to say once, so I have clean audio some, to edit. Then even some. If you we're talking rights violations versus rights violations, if you cannot say that someone should be totally okay with somebody coming in and fucking their way of life up. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but why you're you're collectivizing again that everyone that comes in is adding to that. And if you're not, they then you have to individually to look at the people and you're not. Mark, by the simple fact of them being in the country and using the basic services, which are not even welfare. We're talking about the welfare state. I'm not talking about specific welfare roles. I'm not talking about specifically Medicaid or Medicare or food stamps, education medical care going to emergency rooms, which they have to give you. I'm talking about basic things that they are using no matter what. No as matter what. As are Americans. Yeah, as are Americans. But when you're talking about adding 10 million people 
over you know, in, in two weeks, you'd have a flood of people. 10 million people would, in two weeks. Wow. Your, your program is more accelerated than mine. Dude, it would require, so if you open the borders, you would have a flood of people like you've never seen. It would increase the amount you'd have to spend on every single one of these. Again, that's Hopefully the it will bankrupt these programs and they won't exist. That would be well, you know, If that's what you're reason. arguing, that's a different that's argument. That's what I'm arguing. I'm not, a, I'm not a collapsitarian, so. Yeah, nor am I. I have too much to lose. (laughs) All right. Well, we're not going to have a conclusion and we never were going to, so that's fine. But we will continue this debate in various forms throughout our podcast and throughout various uh, internet forums and such. And I'm sure... The prime members will have thoughts on this. Oh, we had a good question. Although I think we kind of, Marty was watching. I didn't even notice he was in the Q&A. Marty said, are you obligated to maintain non-aggression ethics when you're subject to a coercive system? Which is basically what we've been talking about. Uh, yes, you're always obligated to, I mean, not obligated. If you, if you would like to be, to have a consistent libertarian philosophy and apply a consistency, then to remain consistent, yes, you would not want to violate people's rights. Of course. It's not even a question. Uh, yeah. Once we start adding rights violations as being okay for things we don't like, the other things the government's doing, now we're not libertarians anymore. Now everything's on the table. We're not talking about, yeah, we're talking about government versus individual rights again. I'm just responding to his question. How much you are being affected no, personally. Because now, now you're doing math to decide when you get to violate a right. It's like, you're not, you know, we're not talking about principles anymore. That's fine. You know, again, we're not going to agree with this. I, I'm, I agree. I, know, I agree. We're, we're agree not going Fine. All right. All right. Anyway, we'll let the pride uh, decide. I'll post this up in a bit. Yeah, we're going to find out. Lock your doors, Mark, because I'm coming over there. I'm going to kick the shit out of you, and I'm done with this podcast. Wow. Wow, that's messed up. I guess that means I won the debate, kids. Bye. (laughs) That's for you guys who are watching. I should make that the cold open. That's our teaser. That's our our teaser. We're gonna, I'll, uh, we're, gonna, post, we're gonna leak that to see if to make people watch. I think but, we should do a whole LIDL on this with the whole crew next time. I agree. I mean, look, it, it's are we still talking. Uh, what is this? Well, well we're si- we're still live technically. We're still talking. Um, yeah, it's like I mean, look, you, you. I think you bring very good points. I felt like I voiced legitimate concerns from a libertarian perspective, and it's like anything, man. It's such a nuanced issue. I just I just can't accept a blanket statement. That's and this is like it, all libertarians or, or any philosophy. There's no statement that you can just say unilaterally will apply in all situations. It can't and, and holds true all the time. I know we oppose race violations. I agree 99% of the time, but you, you can't use that as a shield against everything and just say we're not, we can't have any give to it because we, we live in a different reality than a libertarian dream world. And while we can fight to get there, I, I don't want to fucking lie on my back and, and expose my belly to fucking just getting stabbed and fucked by the government in virtue I mean, of protecting this right in the meantime. For just talking about the, the spending of the money, increasing border security and border control and border processes, that is all increasing the money too. So, I mean, if <laughs> any program you call for is going to increase money. Well, but I'm not calling for that. And, you know, it's like, and it's like, well, you know, hold on. But if you're, if you want to, oh, well, let's, I don't know exactly. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't get bogged. We didn't not, pick, we didn't focus as much on exactly like today's reality exactly and what you would want to see change from now, one way or the other. Obviously, we both agree the whole welfare state shouldn't exist. Yeah, um, they agreed. But you did say you'd want a more open system than now. Uh, I totally do. And I actually, and like I said, I love, I actually agree with, you know, uh, the reason this whole thing started was fucking, you know, Mance Raider was uh, talking shit in the pride. And, but I, I agree with what he uh, started because I challenged you to a debate and that, that, that comment was in the, in there. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. But whatever. But, but I, I mean, I, I like these different suggestions. The thing is, I don't like being attacked by people when 
I'm not talking about solutions. I have, uh, I agree with the majority of solutions. I have, I've said it on the show a million times. I have a, a a ton of different ideas for how we would open up the borders. Like I said, have visas, work visas, go back and forth, open that shit up, give about millions of them. I don't fucking care, but or it, stop requiring them. Or it's exactly it's a different situation though when we're talking about the reality of the world. And we can talk philosophy all day, but practically speaking. That's what we every have- status says. <laughs> Your world sounds great, but it's not going to work. So here's the 10. I'm not calling no, 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 you. No. I'm, not I'm not saying our, calling you that. I'm not saying our world's not going to work. I'm oh, saying that was, my, that was me being a sadist. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're talking about in the, in the current context. And I like the platform of here's a, here's a suggestion for how to change the state. And you're talking about how like, oh, it's going to add the border security is going to add money and all this. The amount of money that would have to be added in and the amount of infrastructure to take care of all these additional people coming in. Like, think of how many people... They, the IRS added what, like, when Obamacare got put into play, 10,000 employees. If we're talking about the, the 10 million continues, coming well, in just to use the systems in place, you're talking about another 20,000 employees. How much is that? It's just... This still continues to rest on the assumption that all, that every immigrant is violating your rights by using... I'm not resting on that. I'm, but, I'm, I think you are saying you want to violate the rights of, that you all agree is travel. So you have to... to now, I would agree. I, I, anyway, like, logic-wise, I would agree that if you in whatever logic we're able to determine that an immigrant per se was violating your right by using the system. I, I can, at that point say, well, then you can respond defensively and eject that immigrant or something like that. But now we're, Mark we're Blair, talking- right here on record supports yeah. ice. Everybody yes, exactly. Mark saying, so, you ice. But we're not talking about <laughs> like we're in libertarians that look at individual rights. So you, you can't collectivize every single immigrant because, because of anything. Now you're not looking at the individual. Now if the individual can be identified as someone who is going to, if there was a way to identify everyone and how they're going to use that system and maybe show that some are going to, violate my rights more by using the system more. I don't know. Maybe that would make more sense, but you're also including the net positives and the net gainers and everybody that's going to put more into the system and make your life easier all in the same, all in the same situation. Anyway. I Look, man, if we're saying half the people are a benefit, right? And, and half the people are going to be a benefit, not to me directly. They're going to be a benefit to corporations, to society. Great. But okay. half of those people probably on average, again, I'm not grouping anything. Some people are good. Some people are bad. Some people are going to be uh, slugged. Some people aren't. You know, a lot of those people are still going to use the services, if not all the time. Of course, because they live here. I'm going to, too, because I live here. Exactly. So <laughs> that, that in itself is going to drive up the cost of everything. And I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with being taxed for other people's uh, ability to come in and leech off a system which has been built on a tax base, which is fucking me over constantly. The problem is still, we agree, the coercive government. The problem is the fucking welfare state as it exists. We agree that where you even have to have the conversation is all because of the coercive government in the first place. Agreed. But, you know, but it's good to have these conversations because it shows the nuance, you know, and people go back and forth on this shit and some people are going to go, oh, I'm a state or whatever. You know, Bobby Wilson's funny. uh, Mick Williams is funny. I'm going to say that as soon as we get offline. What's that? No, I'm just, I'm making dumb jokes. But, you know, like these are, these are things that have to come up and people need to know how to talk to uh, talk about them and uh, they're legitimate concerns. You know, libertarianism as a whole, I think there's always a big concern of philosophy versus real world application. And in a perfect world, yeah, these things work. And I want to get to that world. I want to get to that libertarian world, but we need to be able to deal with this right now and be like, okay, this is why in the current situation, I do not feel 
that it, it's possible. And that well, I you said in the current situation, you want more immigrants, though. I still do. I still yeah. do. So you're sure. you're actually for open borders in relation to the current state. I'm not for open borders. Not open. I, I meant more open. Oh, less, yeah. less closed than now. A hundred percent. You're hundred percent. So let me just ask: like, is do you think that the you're even the amount you want them more open? W- will that not add to the roles? Like, I, I guess I'm, not, I'm confused about it. Will it will definitely add to the roles in that if the the way I'm envisioning it, even if you have people coming in and saying they're not going to use the welfare state. They may still stay here and use it. Their kids are going to use it for education. If in my, you know, the way I envision visas, work visas, where you don't even, you, you have a card, you cross, you work, you go back. I don't care. If your work, your tax to the work here, but you keep the money, you go home. I don't care. But de facto, some of those people are still going to end up staying here. They're still going to end yeah, up using some, those services. Yeah. Some are, but I'm okay. I'm more okay with that. Than but at, at far lower rates like, than Americans already do is my point. That nope. I mean, that, that's <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't disagree with you on that. Yeah. So, but if you add anything to the current roles, that's still not great. Still not good. Thing is, I don't think that my lazy neighbor who's on welfare—I don't really have a neighbor on welfare—but if I did, who sucks out the system more, I don't think I have a right to go into his house and eject him from the system and, and use force against him. I certainly don't think the government does either. They do have the right to end the welfare, and, I, and just by the same token, I see someone across this arbitrary border as absolutely, absolutely in no way morally any different than the person next to me. So even if that person were to come here and be lazy and uh, end up sucking on the system, I don't have the right to use violence against that person. I don't have the right to ask the government to do the same. That's my third final statement. Do you say, okay, do you think it's violence? And let's say the wall was built. Is it violence to build a wall that stops people's progress? Well, violence uh, is probably not the term because everything, like, uh, uh, I guess we want to say like aggression or um, justified violence or something. Um, so, what's the question again? Is building a wall in general violence or, or what? Well, you're saying that, you know, like by, you're, you're by, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. You're saying essentially, uh, no, no. Well, at, at the end of the day, government has to use force to enforce its policy. So if it's it not does. letting people in, it, it, I mean, because people can keep moving and if eventually you have to kill them. I mean, that, that is the end. Just like Eric Garner with the cigarettes at the end of the day, if we're talking about a law, we're talking about the, the death penalty eventually. I mean, right? <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe the issue here is that, you know, like we got the, well, this is not the issue, but it's kind of like, I'm thinking about like the small scale societies we're talking about. This is what liberty. we should do for that fundraiser, that fat fund, that LP fundraiser we're doing in two weeks. We should just have this debate Thought live, for seven but hours. with a ton of booze. <laughs> with uh, we'll get, who's the guy that ran the fucking uh, Jerry Lewis. We'll and get him. Is he still alive? We should get an illegal immigrant to moderate it too. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, now we're getting at the core. <laughs> You're just racist against Hispanics, um, which no, is fine. Uh, Libertarian-wise, you're allowed to have those thoughts. Yeah. Uh, no. Well, let's say, like, yeah, we have a, we agree that you, if you have a private property society, right? You've got these people agreed. They have these borders. They're going to enforce these borders, and you're not allowed, you know, free reign to go in and out of them. Oh, yeah, in the One private thing, property society. You know, <laughs> what, the so, exactly. Well, it's private property society, right? But I also want to like one of the key problems with the United States is that there is no way to get through the United States if you're in a legal limit. You just want to go through it. Not too bad. Maybe we need it. We need an Oregon trail. Well, that's not true. I mean, no, I, I, I'd say, you mean without going on private property? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Uh, well, but you'd have, no, to, well, you'd have to use eminent domain to create the trail. Well, I guess you'd have to stay at a hotel at some point. Probably you could take the, uh, you could take the, um, the Pacific coast trail the whole way and never be We could have an entire property. industry based around catering to immigrants going from us to Canada. And then, Hey, have fun in Canada. PCT. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think all your, I think I agree. All, all immigrants should have to walk the Pacific crest trail. And if they make it, then they can say, cause they prove that they would. You right. died of cholera. It's like the new Oregon trail game. It's great. Anyway, 
Uh, yeah, that's it. Jen, the libertarian does great work on immigration. She has a couple episodes about it that were, that are really good. Uh, as does, uh, Roger Paxson has a great one too, debunking a lot of these myths that you heard Brian say today. <laughs> I didn't say any goddamn myths, you jerk off. Uh, a couple. No, I definitely don't say any myths. I, I agree with you on the statistics, but my argument is not. I, my, I believe it, the entire talking point to be a, a mythical Republican talking point that I've been hearing for 30 years. GOP talking points. Yeah. Now that was, a, now that was a straw man. Now that was a straw man. Yeah. See, I recognize my straw men when I use them. I stand by all. Most of Mark's straw men are actually women. They're straw women, and he puts them in the corner of his bed, and he has sex with them when people aren't. Is that like Remzo's wife? That's a straw woman. Yeah, that's exactly right. He learned it in the military. Remzo, you're married to a straw woman, (laughs) but did she get here legally? That's my only. They call him. They call him Hey Woman. You know, Hey Girl, and then you fuck him. Well, either way, I'm glad to see that under our current uh, situation, you are going to be arguing for more immigrants based on what I heard. So, I yeah, I was always arguing. Have you not listened to my show at all? You listen to the hundred. I try not to. Six episodes I've done. Yeah, I've always argued for that. But like I said, as as the current state exists, final statement. As the current state exists, if you just came in now, listen to the, before. I do not think we can have open borders, meaning free crossing, free access to the welfare state as it exists right now. That's but, what it's premised on. But you do agree no, with but. that? No, there is a but. But you agree we should, under the current state, that we should have much more open borders than we do now? Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, that's something. For sure. I'll take you getting 80% of the way back to being a libertarian. I'll take that. <laughs> You're so easy to fuck with. How could I not? Come on. All right, that's enough. Just play the clip from earlier when I threatened to come over. And- we'll, we'll continue this uh, in many forums. Maybe we'll release this to the public. For now, this is a pride treat. So feel free to, to nibble on it for the rest of the, the week or at least until Felony Friday tomorrow. You know All what right, Pride. Be- Hold on, wait. Before what? you sign up, we should save the follow-up debate on this. For when we go to New Orleans right. and find your Ooh. jazz singer again. Maybe. <laughs> and get kicked out of Maybe another private should, party. Um, Maybe we should do a debate because I want to do I want to do a meetup at the LNC with like fans of the show. So maybe we should also host a live debate moderated by, I don't know, Adam Kokesh. (laughs) Adam, you didn't sign up for this, but you're going to moderate. Adam, you're an illegal immigrant, right? Come here. (laughs) All right, Pride. Well, there's going to be no conclusion reach. And the, the point of this conversation was not to actually have a debate where someone is declared a victor right, yeah. to express all the points that I, uh, by both of us that I, we see all around here. And um, besides the fact that I'm obviously right, we don't want to tell you what to think. We obviously want to give, right. We just want to give you all the perspectives and all the point of views. So you can make up your own brilliant minds. Are you going to respect a man who couldn't even make it through one podcast without drinking a beer when he knew he had to work out? I'm drinking, the, I'm drinking the beer. Still like Mark Claire. <laughs> All right, folks. It's been fun, Pride. Enjoy this little treat. Bye-bye. What's funny is Mark thinks he has the power to end the live stream, and he doesn't. I can end the meeting. Only I. Which would end the live stream. Would it? Want to want to try it? <laughs> All right, kitty cats. What a show. It's, like, it's kind of like when a sitcom goes back and does a clip show, only these are clips you hadn't heard before, so it really worked out great. Unless, of course, you are in the aforementioned Lions of Liberty Pride supporting us on Patreon, in which case you would have already heard that live stream or seen that live stream. We do video content, too. We do all sorts of stuff for our Patreon supporters. In fact, I would dare say I claim that we probably provide more value, more content to our Patreon supporters than at least any other libertarian podcast out there. Maybe that's not true, 
Challenge me. Come on. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. But I feel pretty confident in saying that. We are always making sure you get value for joining the Lions of Liberty Bride, for supporting the show, for helping us grow, for helping us go to events like Porkfest, the Libertarian National Convention, which we plan to attend next year in Austin, as well as Childerberg to see some of our friends from the Friends Against Government, from Tasting Anarchy. Hopefully even Scott Horton will make an appearance since he will be there in Austin for the convention. Very, very much exciting stuff coming forward in 2020. And that is all thanks to our supporters on Patreon. We quite literally could not afford to do all this stuff and bring you all this coverage from these various events without that money. So again, patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, you're going to get a bunch of free stuff now for joining. You already got a bunch of free stuff almost at every level starting at $10 or higher. But now you're also going to be able to get our holiday mug, our holiday beanie and entries into that huge raffle. So there are so many reasons to join the pride other than just supporting the show. Uh, You can also get some free stuff. So what a lovely way to celebrate the holiday. Another great way to celebrate the holidays is to just hit subscribe on that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our three shows every week. We, of course, have the flagship Lions of Liberty podcast right here every single Monday, while Brian, the aforementioned, the A4herd, Brian, brings you Electric Liberty Land, his weekly shot of comedy, culture, and liberty every single week, while John wraps things up on Fridays with his hard-hitting and inspiring look at the broken criminal justice system on Felony Friday. One more little thing I want to remind you about while we're in the holiday spirit. Everybody's buying gifts. Everybody's buying presents. If you buy them on Amazon, just go over to lionsofliberty.com slash Amazon first. Click on that link. Do all your holiday shopping through there. And that also helps us grow the show at no cost to yourself. We do get a little kickback for any purchases made through that link. So please do go ahead over to lionsofliberty.com slash Amazon for all of your holiday shopping. Friends, it's been a blast. Next week, we got some holiday shows coming at you. I'm pretty excited about it. Of course, we had the 12 felonies of Christmas uh, on this past Felony Friday. We are always bringing you great content. We take no breaks for the holidays. And until next time, live long and live free.